Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for another wonderful day. We thank you that you have kept us alive and you keep us within your plans. And you have plans to prosper us, Father. And you reveal that to us throughout your word. That it is not your will that we should end up in sin, failure, and darkness, and death. But that we should emerge to life and life within the path that you have set for us, within your light. A life of abundance and a life of dominion. It was always your plan to have your people as a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. And you've made several covenants with our forefathers in faith. Today we study that, Lord, we continue to study those covenants to see what it is that you have kept for us. When you say, I will bless you, what does that blessing entail? And how can we claim it for ourselves? We thank you, Father, that you open your gates to us, that you never shut us out. And we are able to enter your gates with that thanksgiving in our heart, with that gratitude of who you are and what you mean to us and what you are doing in our life. We enter your courts with praise on our lips. For you are worthy of it all, Lord. The from and to of things, the Alpha and the Omega. A father, a master, a king. The one who has loved us with an everlasting love. And the one who is ever merciful and renews his mercy every morning. We thank you, Lord, that this is the day you have made. And you have placed us within that day with your plans in it. And you bid us command our morning, our day. That we can call things that are unseen as though they are seen. Knowing that though unseen, they do exist. When we call in faith, we thank you, Father. And we share your peace and your joy that you pour into our hearts. In our place of prayer, in our secret place, where we can leave all our baggage outside and focus on our relationship with you and commune with you. We share that same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them. We share it also, Lord, with all those that are Christians and do not yet know you and all those that do not want to know you, all those that have turned away from you. And we ask for a quickening in their spirit, that their eyes be open to see the truth, that they might call on your name. And as we make our prayer, Lord, we call on your name. Knowing that everyone that calls on your name shall not go back in shame, shall not go back empty-handed. But everyone that calls on the name of Jesus shall be delivered, shall receive mercy and shall receive life. 
We call on the name of our father, the great I am. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And today we will reflect on the God of Noah. The one who is the God of overflow and miracles. Signs and wonders, the preserver of men for all ages. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The one whom you gave to us as the lamb to be sacrificed for atonement that we might be covered. And in that covering lies our victory. It is in that covering that we are made more than conquerors. It is in that covering that we receive our ticket to salvation. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus. The one that makes the word alive. The father of all spirits to whom every spirit in the universe is subject. He's the one that changes the times and the seasons. He's our comforter, our advocate. The God present in our temple, tabernacled within our body. That we might become a living sacrifice, a living temples of which we ourselves are royal priests. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word, your spirit, and the gift of prayer. So that the recipe for creation can be complete. You made us in your own likeness and image. You gave us all the abilities. You provide every physical provision in accordance, with our, in accordance with our needs. Through your glory, through your son Jesus. You are able to make every grace abound towards us. That we shall be found lacking nothing. We thank you Lord that you provide every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. That we, are require, that we require to function in accordance with the abundance and the dominion that you set for us. And you bid us come and take it. Help us rise above our laziness, Lord. Help us rise above our fleshly ways to see what you have kept in store for us. For it is your word that says, eye has not seen and ear has not heard the things that you have kept and made available to us that we come and we can take. We thank you, Father. As we make a prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By your precious blood, Jesus. That blood, the word that demons hate. The living blood. We declare it as our hedge of protection that every force of wickedness that comes against it not only tremble in fear, but be judged by the fire of heaven. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Lord, for our lives. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I declare divine exemption from these and I command that angelic protection in the mighty, all-powerful, unmatched name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word 
as we proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, Lord. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. And each of us declares that it will not return to us empty. It will not return to me empty. It will not fall to the ground, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life in our tongue. Grant us the wisdom and understanding to use it wisely. Today, we focus on the second part of our series on God's covenant with men. Today, we look at God's covenant with Noah. We saw yesterday in the first part that he created man in his own image and likeness. And the very first thing he did was he made his covenant with them where he said, I will bless them. The only condition he put that man had to fulfill from his part of the covenant was to not eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when man failed, Adam and Eve failed, they were exiled out of the garden, out of that tabernacle that God created, where he placed them with him. It was almost like it was the Holy of Holies because it says, God walked with Adam in the shade of the trees. He was able to commune with him there, meet God there. But when he failed, he was exiled out of it. And then later we see Cain killed his brother and death from then on started to prevail in humanity. At the time of being exiled as well, the Bible records in Genesis 3.17, that God cursed the ground for Adam's sake. It was almost like it was the curse of that broken covenant that death kept running through the next few generations. A man became so wicked that God had to clean up, clean them up using a flood. We see that in Genesis 6. It was almost, in many ways, it was almost like Genesis chapter 1 revisited. When you look at Genesis 1 verse 1 and 2, it says in the beginning there was, if you look at the Hebrew version, it doesn't say darkness. It says there was chaos and confusion. And a lot of darkness, which also means wickedness. And God had to wipe it all out, make way for a new generation, mankind there. And at this time, he had to wipe out this existing wicked generation of mankind and make way for a new one. We see a similar journey. We see a similar scene in the Israelite journey through the wilderness with Moses. And then as well, through the born-again experience, through the resurrection of Jesus and believers alike in the Spirit. So God identified Noah when he wanted to clean up mankind. He identified Noah as one 
following that prototype that he initially set with Adam, the one that he could walk with in the shade of the trees, the one that he could cover with his glory. And he said, well, if the rest of mankind could be modeled on this man of faith, then it would be good. So he entered a working relationship with Noah, like a covenant, to bless him and his family and through him all creation. We see those promises made in Genesis verse, Genesis 8 verse 20 all the way through Genesis 9 verse 17. And you can read that in your personal time. We won't read all those verses here just in the interest of time for this session. But essentially, he promised to never flood the earth again. And he said, seed time and harvest will remain. And that's the basis of, that forms the basis of the rest of what the Bible teaches us for our Christian life. Sowing and reaping. It was a covenant he made with Noah. And then he said, I'll never flood the earth again. And never destroy mankind through a flood. And he made a pledge to preserve mankind and creation. Now, if you look at Genesis 3 verse 17, like we just touched on, God cursed the ground for Adam's sake. But here, when he started making his covenants with Noah, you see in Genesis 8 verse 21, he said to Noah, never again will I curse the ground or the earth for man's sake. He stopped himself from cursing the ground there as well. He changed what he had done in the past. He said, never again will I flood it. Now, this covenant was unilateral from God's side. He didn't insist on man doing anything. And he gave the rainbow as a sign that would remind future generations of this covenant. And then you see in Genesis 9 again, he blessed Noah and his sons with dominion. Just like he blessed Adam in Genesis 1 verse 28. In fact, he used almost the same words where he said, be fruitful and multiply and dominate. Are you seeing now why the relationship with Adam was like a covenant? You see the similarities here. When you read these verses, Genesis 8, 20 to 9, 17, and then you go from Genesis 1 from 26 to 28 or 29, you see there's similarities there. So that relationship with Adam in many ways was a covenant because the blessing is the same. And that is the same blessing that you see him wanting to carry out throughout generations, even to us today. And Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and have it in abundance which you can translate to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful, life of abundance. He still insists on that same fulfilling, that same covenant on his part for us. Unilaterally, which we will see later when we look at the blood covenant as well. He didn't expect anything from us in return. So now how then can you use the covenant that he made with Noah? And in fact, any covenant. First thing is putting him in remembrance of it. 
your word says it. You made this covenant with us. But the second thing is also remembering if there were any caveats that God put anywhere where he said, I want you to do this. If you do this, then I do that. And we will see that in one of the next couple of sessions when we look at the covenant he made with Moses. There was Deuteronomy 28. He said, if you are obedient, which was the condition man had to fulfill, you observe all that I have said, blessings will chase you. You don't observe them, you're disobedient, curses will chase you. So we need to keep those in mind as well when we are studying his covenants on what is it that he expects us to do so that I can tick that box, fulfill it, and then claim the blessing and say, Lord, this was your covenant that you made with our forefathers in faith, being their generations down now through faith, through the lineage of faith. I claim that covenant for myself. Reminding him that he would not destroy mankind through floods of any kind. He would not curse the ground so that it would not be productive. So not just physical waters, but also spiritual floods of any kind. The curse of the law, which got introduced when he gave the law through Moses. We need to bear in mind all those kinds of things when we want to claim God's covenants over our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we first of all, we want to thank you for making these covenants and many of them unilaterally with only commitment from your end. And all that you sought was for men to come back to you and love you in the same way as you started out with us. To have that relationship with you. To reintroduce and rebuild our secret place of communing with you like Adam did. You are ever willing and waiting to make us, crown us as royal priests. We ask for that wisdom and understanding, Lord. Open our eyes and our hearts to see what you are offering us there. And then what you expect in return is just that relationship. And obedience to your will and word is not essentially a way of tying us down. Help us understand, Lord, that it is your way of securing us so that when we follow the laws, just like we follow the laws of our land, our country that we live in, then there is an automatic hedge of protection by that law that stands around us, where no form of wickedness can come to us. All attacks against us can be thwarted out. The law enforcement system of our country stands for us in the same way it is with your kingdom. Our hedge of protection, our barricade is built up there. Open our hearts, Lord, to see what you are covenanting towards us. And then to fulfill our end of that bargain, to commune with you in our relationship, in our secret place, and to walk in the benefits of those covenants. I ask for that spiritual edification, that grace upon our lives this day, Lord. 
And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, that are hospitalized, that will undergo any kind of procedures this day. For all families that are facing any kind of division or separation. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially prayerlessness. The biggest stronghold, ignorance of your ways as written in your word. A failure and a lack of our relationship with you. And so to honor the covenants that you have given us. Poverty and busyness that have kept us away from you and from the abundance that you have planned for us. We pray also, Lord, for all our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved. And in a special way, we pray for enlightenment, Lord, that as we study your word, every time we see the word blessing there written where you have said, I will bless you, help us look at that from the point of view of spiritual eyes as a covenant that you said you will. Meaning you will do it. It is not a may, it is not a proper possibility, it is not an option. You said you will. Help us study it from that angle, Lord. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. As we release our faith and our prayer, making this our prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, along as well with your Holy Spirit who prays with us and on our behalf. We believe, Lord, that we have already received. We believe that every prayer we raise at this altar in this prayer group is an answered prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ain't <laughs> 
Ada 
In the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus, we release our faith, Lord, and we say, Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for answered prayer. Amen. scripture that was put on my heart today is from Ephesians 2, 4-7. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have two scriptures that have been shared in the chat. The first one is from Ezekiel 36, verse 26 to 26 and 27. This is quoted from the NIV where it is written. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It is as if this is what the Lord has been trying to achieve through all of those big covenants that we are studying. The exact same thing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And the second one is from Psalms 1, verse 1 to 3. 
quoted from the NIV again, where it is written. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters with the Lord, Brother Savio's powerful reflections, I can see a lot of people posting comments and replies even on YouTube. It is blessing you. The the daily Bible, uh, the daily, sorry, the daily rosary and divine mercy sessions and the Friday Bible study sessions. These are blessing you. Share those links for others to join on Zoom or on YouTube and share recordings, links to the recordings which are available on YouTube, on Facebook page, as well as on our Spotify podcast channel. Let that same blessing touch their lives as well. Also a reminder about a Bible study session this Friday. We are continuing to study the series on implementing spiritual laws is the fifth part where we will learn how to establish spiritual authority and remain in expectation. We will also learn authority, our authority as believers and under spiritual law. And then finally, we will learn how to activate our spiritual authority. It is a powerful eye-opening series. Here again, I say the same thing. If your series is blessing you, invite others, let them come and hear firsthand the testimonies and receive that teaching that's coming there and let their lives be transformed as well. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell.